man. I don't get emotional thinking about it. I did so well that Pope was like, you're you're on the show, kid. And everybody's cheering and stuff. And I'm crying because I never got that respect. Always had to work for that respect. And when I finally felt I had a semblance of like, man, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Alright, welcome to a miscellaneous discussion special. I am one of your hosts, Drew. See, I'm feeling good today, Nick. And uh, my other host, Nick, is here. Nick, how you doing? I'm doing good. Man, Drew's in such a good mood. I'm uh, I'm the other host today. Usually I'm just the co-host. Told you, it depends on how I'm feeling. But uh, Nick, I, I introduced Marquee Extreme, and I had a 1v1 interview with Skeeter, my best friend. Do you want to... Introduce our guest here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have probably our biggest interview yet. Independent wrestling superstar. Man who just appeared on MLW, which you can catch every Wednesday at 7 o'clock on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Martyr. What's up? Hello. Yeah, give me a clap. I, I want, give me the clap. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> I deserve it. Uh, well, hello, everybody. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> this is awesome. Oh, my God. The whole the whole yes. I needed that, man. There's no crowds anymore. Shit oh. sucks. <laughs> man, it's going to be crazy when crowds come back, man. It's going to be... Mm-hmm. It's going to be packed. Um, but, yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, should be fun. It's very, very fun power hour. Not NWA, but yes, <laughs> this is very exciting. We had a we had a long road to get here to get to this interview, but we're here now. That's what yeah. matters. Better late than never. Yeah. So yeah. Nick, I'm not gonna hog all the questions from you, but uh, so Nick, you want to start with question number one? Well, yeah. So you just mentioned mentioned it, Rob. So yeah, how's it been wrestling with the no crowds in uh, the COVID era? Um, man, it's. The fact that we're calling it the COVID era is like, we're going to look at back at it and call it the COVID era. I'm like, geez, man, there was like a full year, year and a half. It's just going to be no crowd wrestling. But yeah, it's very weird, especially at the start where, where we finally opened back up. And then you're just like, hit, hit, hit a move. Yeah. Okay, it's just me. Okay. <laughs> you almost forget because you're so, you're so used to having at least a crowd there or any type of response but honestly um you know it's if you're a good wrestler you can adjust to it easily there's certain people that can't but it's it's very weird it's very weird and i think that it's bet much better now just because we're used to it but before i, I think it was pretty hard to watch sometimes you know <laughs> there are a lot of people who toned out wrestling because there were no crowds, and it's like it's not the same, which it's not. But for the love of the game, I, I still watch and enjoy. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Go yeah. Everybody's taking these fucking. Per- I don't know if I can. Everybody's just take, taking these 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 per- precautions, um, which is good. You know, uh, when I was at MLW, it was very. You know, everybody had masks. Everybody was you know all masked up, and that's great. And you know, there is a charm. Um, that I've realized there is a charm to having no fans 
it's a lot more intimate between what's happening in the ropes and the, and the focus is all 100% in the ring. Um, and it's like, you know, you watch UFC because UFC is running and you just hear the hits harder. And it's just like more of an intimate thing. You know, you hear the punches, hear the connection landing their face. It's kind of the same thing with wrestling that I see. So some companies, like, when WWE was having the no crowds, like, to me, it affected the product. Like, the matches were just, like, Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre had a really good match at Money in the Bank this year, but there was no crowd, so it's just, like, no one cared. It was yeah. not a match because of the no crowd. But with, like, Impact Wrestling, they've had the no crowds, but for some reason, like, theirs feels different. Like, Impact Wrestling has been affected. Like, their in-ring product has not been affected by the no crowds. And, you know, I guess it just depends on the company or I don't know what it depends on. Like, it's just weird. I mean, I guess it depends on the presentation, in my opinion. I mean, if your presentation is, is uh, you know, based on the, uh, um, I don't know, the, the aura of, of wrestling, you know, the characters or the, or the bigger personalities, then I think you're going to take more of a hit in some cases. Yeah. Um, especially with WWE, you know, they're all about the storylines they're all about crowd reaction, crowd, uh, participation. So, um, it, it, it's a little different, but with like ROH, you see ROH is, is doing well because, you know, they're, they're more oriented around, you know, the technical prowess of, of wrestling and the, and the more sport oriented part of wrestling. So they don't really need a crowd all the time. And that's why I kind of think like the when the pure tournament came back, it kind of had that charm. It was like no crowd, it's just wrestling, which is, you know, it kind of worked. Did you? But, so, I'm taking you watch the pure tournament. Yeah, um, the whole thing. I I, I personally it. didn't watch it. So, what did you think of it? It was good. It was actually really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was very short, which I don't think it could have been a little longer. I could have. You know, kept watching a couple more weeks, but for the talent that they had, you know, they had Fred Yehi on there. They had, um, um, you know, uh, they had Tony Depp in. What was interesting, they had Jay Lethal in the tournament. Well, I was thinking that it was going to be between Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham at the end, but it ended up being um, uh, Jonathan Gresham and, oh man, I can't hot, believe it. Hot sauce. Hot Tracy. sauce Tracy Williams. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because now they're all a stable foundation. Yeah, and Rhett Titus um, is so, in it. Yeah, the Rhett Titus is in it. And it seems like they're taking a pretty cool angle with it because, you know, the, the foundation isn't just a specific stable. Everyone can be the foundation. So that's pretty cool. I like that. I like the, the fan participation. I jumped in. Back on the Ring of Honor, I had a question for you since you think Ring of Honor is more based on the Orient and, and in the in-ring product what do you think of ec3 who is more character driven at least in my opinion in absolutely ring of- yeah in ring of honor that i think so at first you know i met i've met ec3 he's a really cool guy really really genuine guy and i honestly like at first i was like oh man i don't know how this is gonna fit you know him returning to impact is cool you know obviously that's where he made his name and and, and you know got his his big break but like him going to Ring of Honor, I don't know how I feel about it. It could be good, it could be it could be not so good. And then I see the new approach that he took with his character, the essential character three. You know, he, he put a spin on Ethan Carter the third, and it made it like. And here's the thing: it's too early to say because he just landed in Ring of Honor. 
He hasn't yeah. really done anything yet. But from what I've seen, he's taking his character under to a new, per, a completely different perspective than what we thought it was going to take it to. And I like it. I think it works. I think that, you know, EC3, whatever he wants to be called within those, you know, three, two letters and, and one number, um, you know, he has so much to do. It's like an open canvas. He could do anything. And I, I think I, I like it. I like it a lot. Well, so the reason I think that so many people have been uh, taken like aback by EC3's character is because he sticks to it, like in the ring and on social media, which in my opinion, in this era of wrestling is where the best characters come from. When those guys who never break kayfabe, like Tommaso Ciampa, when he was on his big heel run in 2018, uh, MJF, EC3 now. Uh, Rob, what's your opinion on guys, you know, who in the ring, they're their character, and then on social media, they're themselves? Um, I have mixed feelings. Because personally, um, I understand kind of, you know, people know what they know. And it, sometimes it's hard to, you know, suspend uh, the disbelief. But at the same time, personally, I'm a fan. I love that doing that stuff. I try to, I try to you know, I don't believe in, in keeping character. I believe in just being you. And whatever you are is who you are. So Robert Martyr is me. Robert Martyr is who I am. And I'm going to keep being Robert Martyr until I'm, I'm not. And I retire, you know. Um, and, and and the same thing with Tommaso Ciampa. Same thing with a guy like MGF. You know, the, 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 as you can see, it's something that captivated um, uh, a lot of the fans. It captivated me. You know, I'm, I'm a wrestler, but I'm also a fan. And I'm like, man, this is great. <laughs> He's having soccer moms, you know, emailing MJF about how they, they he, he flipped off his son, so her son. At a, at, a, at a photo shoot, you know, this is great. And, like, you know, it depends because, you know, it could be hit or miss. There's certain guys that have tried to do, uh, you know, being in character on, on social media and it being a complete miss and really uh, changing a lot of people's opinion about them. So I guess you have to be careful, but at the same time, you're good at using that than do it. So. Well, back to EC3, you met him at. The most recent No Peace show, right? Yes. You, you two were at the same show? Yes, we were. I, I saw him. Him. he took the, um, what do you call it? Skewers. Yeah, skewers he took the head. Skewers oh, from the head. Wow. Yeah, he was, uh, he wrestled Atticus Kogar. Oh, Fuck yeah. Atticus Kogar. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Ohio. They all suck. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Whoa. Fuck Ohio. Talking to an Ohio boy right here. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, fuck Ohio. You guys suck. No, but um, yeah, he was wrestling Atticus Kogar four 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 zero. Um, man, that was crazy. Out of all the things, because this was his independent, you know, uh, I guess return debut, whatever you want to call it, um, as a free agent. You know, that's yeah. the last thing I expected from EC three. When I saw that, I was like, oh my god, this is awesome. This is crazy, but this is awesome. Like. 2020 is such a weird year. <laughs> when in any in any lifetime would I imagine EC3 coming into a bar and getting skewers planted in his skull? You know, that's 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 just something else. And that's shit you can probably only see at No Peace, dude. No Peace is such a special promotion. Um, you know, shout out to you know the guy the guy that runs it all, Jared, man. That guy works fucking hard 
to make, you know, no peace happen. And, you know, they're doing great stuff with, you know, ICW no holds barred. They're, they're trying to rebuild the Florida scene and death matches. And personally, I'm not, I might not be a, a death match wrestler per se, but I respect everybody who does it because there's a, it's wrestling. It is. I don't care what anybody tells me. It's wrestling. You can look at a guy named like, you can look at a guy like a, a Akira, you know, he's a professional wrestler. Yet he expresses, you know, his style, his his shoot style, his catch wrestling, whatever you want to call it, into death matches. Masashi Takeda is another guy. You can't tell me that these guys aren't professional wrestlers. So to see um, a guy like EC3, who you know, many people thought, oh, you know, he's this or that. Man, he really shut a lot of people up that night, and I, I gained a tremendous respect for EC3 because Jesus. Yeah, Nick Nick sent me that, and I was like. Holy cow. Like, because a lot of guys are just like, I'm not doing all that crazy stuff. Like, I'll take chairs, I'll take a table bump, I'll take a bump into a ladder, I'll do all of that, but I'm not taking skewers or, yeah, any of that stuff. Glass. Man, glasses. If I could pick one thing to, like, never land on, it'd be glass, 100%. I'd rather take barbed wire over glass if I, any day, literally any day. Because glass, man, it's like the littlest. Spec could just yeah, you apart, and it's it sucks. Um, and yeah, I look. No piece has, has been always been great to me. Um, you know, I've only made two appearances, and I've, I've been in the body count. Uh, um, I've been in the body count battle, and then before that, um, I was in, an, in another gauntlet match. Um, and and those two, I'm going up against some of the. And Jordan Oliver was in that match. Matthew Justice. Uh, Jimmy Lloyd, let me for all of four four row. You know, you had uh, um, Alley Cat was in there. Basically, you know, the rejects. Everybody was in there, man. And the fact that I'm not from that world and I'm coming in as you know a wrestler's wrestler and I'm holding up, getting my fucking ass handed to me, but holding up. You know, that's what I wanted to prove. I wanted to prove that I could hang with those type of guys. So, you know, no piece is fucking for real. And yeah, I love no piece. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Speaking of getting your ass handed to you, you got your ass handed to you by one of the most promising this was coming. wrestlers like in the world right now. One of the one of the people that have the most potential in wrestling, Calvin Tankman in MLW. Um, tell us about that whole process, uh, getting into MLW, having that match, and uh, working with Calvin Tankman. Um, first off, Calvin's a monster. No doubt yeah, about it. Calvin's a beast. Like, you want to talk about a dude that you don't want to mess with, man. I'm telling you, you don't want to fuck with Calvin Tankman, man. That dude's a monster. Um, but, uh, man, uh, how can I explain my, my, uh, how I got into MLW, uh, in the, in the best way possible? Basically, um, uh, I, I'd been training for Loki with Loki for for a couple months, about about six months. I was training for him, but six, five six months, and um, you know he knew about me, and, and I trained with Key extensively because he will Loki will push you, man, and he, he pushed me to a place that I'd never been before. You know, working with Key is a different experience. You have to have mental toughness. You have to know what you're doing, and you have to have good technique, and that's the biggest thing for him. So you know the fact that he you know kind of gave me. He kind of gave me the, the, the green light, you know, um, to be like, oh, when I showed up, hey, 
you know, that's, you know, that that's, I'm kind of like his young boy at, at that point, you know, because that, that's, that's how he is. And, um, you know, one of the head of talent relations, uh, he had known about me when I started wrestling at 14. I started wrestling at 14, so he had known about me when I started, and he'd seen my progress, and he, he wanted me to come in, see what I could do. And I got that opportunity. Calvin Tankman, man, MLW debut. I don't know what else to say. I'm 19, wrestling Calvin Tankman on television. That's pretty crazy. And, man, and I knew I had to fucking bring it, man. Because Calvin's, again, Calvin is a, he's a tank. He's a tank. He's tank man. Calvin the tank man. You know, he's fucking huge. He's a beast. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think I got, I, I gave him as much as I could, more than a lot of people would. So, yeah, Calvin, Calvin's for real. And honestly, uh, I'm excited because it's not the last time you'll see me. You're actually going to see me next week. So, oh, oh. breaking the news on here. You heard that first. Breaking news. Wow. I will be returning in a tag team match against Violence is Forever. It's going to be fun. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah. Right, wow. Gonna... What, two, what two matches? Like, so you're not the only person, like, the only enhancement talent that we've seen on MLW recently, but you for sure have gotten the two biggest ones, Calvin Tankman and Violence is Forever. Like, no offense to uh, Max Kruger or uh, Alex Hammerstone, but you've definitely gotten the two uh, biggest enhancement matches so far. So, you know, I guess that speaks to your uh, abilities. And and I hope it reflects that, you know. Um, yeah. I worked very hard, and, you know, maybe I'm not – I lost forty pounds to get in the best shape of my life. Awesome. I, you know, awesome. I, I gained I gained another ten pounds of muscle back, so I feel like I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. Um, you know, I've been working my ass off, man, just to and the fact that you know I'm this young and um, I'm already wrestling at this stage. You know, I may not be uh, you know contract or anything like that, but I'm I'm wrestling with some of the best in the world. Uh, you know, and that's a privilege in itself. So I hope that. You know, MLW sees that in me um, as someone that they could use in the future. So I'm very excited. You know, talk about shape. What do you? How do you feel about wrestlers? Like, not to uh, give any offense to anyone, and you know, I'm one to talk. But how do you feel about people like in the wrestling business that just look like a sack of shit? (laughs) That was up front. Well, I mean, uh, here's the thing, man. I'm mixed feel again, mixed feelings. I feel like uh, prime example. For the longest time, people shit on uh, Kevin Steen, you know, yeah. for his look. I mean, you know, Kev. I don't think Kevin Owens is ever going to be the guy that's going to be posing and you know showing off his muscles, being yeah, ripped sure. with a six pack. He's not going to be EC3. Okay, he's not. But he has such good charisma, such good talent. He's such a good wrestler. He knows so much that he's a guy that, you know, it almost adds to him. It almost adds that the way he looks. You you can go all the way back to a guy like Dusty Rhodes, you know. Dusty Rhodes, you know, he wasn't the the most shredded man, but man, he could wrestle. You know, uh, I I can look even more back. Dick Dick the Bruiser, um, Dick Murdoch. You know, guys like that, guys Harley had, Race. Guys way back in the day, they had the big beer guts. Big stomach. Yeah, no, beer guts. You know, if, if you look at Hogan in his prime, yeah, his upper body was good. But, man, 
that dude had a belly. Um, yeah, you know, uh, you know Harley Race. He had a big beer gut. He's one of the greatest professional wrestlers of yeah, all time. Of all Rapper. time, period. Absolutely. Yeah, Harley Race is like one of my heroes. Eddie Kingston, another one of my heroes. It adds to that, you know. And if, if you don't use it as a crutch, you know, um, then then go ahead, all for it. You know, not everybody. Th- there's fighters. Um, you know, in boxing, whether that be in UFC, you know, Daniel Cormier is one of the best wrestlers of all time. He's one of the best fighters of all time, but does he look like he's in the best of shape? He looks like he can fight, but, uh, you know, he still has a little chub to him. So I, I don't, I don't mind it, but you know, I always think people should, you know, if you're going to like, like for me, and at least in my case, you know, there was a time where, um, I wrestled hard, but I didn't look like an athlete. I didn't look like somebody, um, you know, that's that's world title material. That's somebody I, I didn't look like I was putting in the work. I was, but physically that didn't reflect that. And it was affecting um, my work. It was affecting how hard I was wrestling. I was re- I wrestled um, a local guy down here. He not local, but he he's really good. He um, uh, his name's Beasley, and man, he pushed me. Man, I had a match with him, and he pushed me, and I was like. Gassed. By the end of the match, we worked really hard in that match. Um, and, you know, he, he talked to the crowd and he said, you know, this kid's the future. And I was like, man, if I want to keep wrestling like this, I need to change something. I can't be eating Wendy's every day, uh, <laughs> you know. And uh, from there on, I started hitting the gym for real. I started working out because, I, you know, I, when I did amateur wrestling, you know, I, I lifted, but I didn't really lift. I was just doing it because I was there. But... You know, don't use that as a crutch. If you want to be an athlete, be an athlete. You don't have to have, you know, this 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 uh, bodybuilder body to be considered an athlete, be considered a fighter, whatever. You just need to be in shape and be, you know, uh, be able to take it to that next step. And that's, that, I think that's what matters the most. Awesome. Well, uh, Rob, before you were Rob Martyr, before you were the poisoned youth, you wrestled under a mask. Yeah. Man, you thought you guys dig that one up. Jeez. <laughs> remember, because you and I, we go back. Uh, we, yeah. You told me you were you wore a mask. Your name, what was your name? Was your name Dark Pegasus or was it Pegasus, Pegasus Dark? Dark. Okay. Pegasus Dark. Okay. Dark. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, what did you think of that? Oh, man. I hated it at first. I hated it. I, I, I was not a fan. Uh, it was something bestowed upon me by my trainer or the head trainer of the school. And he was like, listen, I, there was, I started again, I started 14 years old. That's when I started training in pro wrestling. So for about two years, I was just training. I didn't wrestle. And then around 16, late 16, early 17 years old, I was this by this time I was just begging him every week. Let me wrestle. Let me wrestle. Cause I was refereeing for the shows. Um, let me wrestle. Let me wrestle. Let me wrestle. And finally, he was like, look, I'll let you wrestle if you put on a mask. And I'm like, why do I need to put on a mask? Because, one, you know, you're 17 years old. Secondly, um, you know, if you mess up, say if you shit the bed, uh, nobody's going to know who, what your face looks like. And apparently, I was looking back now, and that's the it's kind of the old school way they did things. A lot of people, if you Undertaker started in a mask, it's Texas Red. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Everybody started in a mask, just so that didn't happen. So they could get seasoned and they can get um, you know, that ring experience without having that 
fall back on them. So that it, it, at the time I didn't like it, but I saw the purpose. I see the purpose now, and I'm grateful for it. I only wrestled. I only wrestled twelve times in a year, and then the net. And after I got injured, it's when I decided that I'm done with the mask, and I basically young lined myself. Basically said, you know, I watched um, I actually watched Kazuchika Okada versus Tetsuya Naito in the New Japan Young Lion Tournament final. So it was like 2007, I want to say 2007 ish, 2008. I don't know, somewhere around there. And these guys were young lions. These guys could only had a hey, they had a specific move set that they were allowed to use. No fancy moves. Both of their finishes were a Boston Crab. That's it. it was basic match. But everything they did looked ten times better than anything I had anything I had seen before that, as far as independent wrestling goes. So I'm like, well, hmm, I already started with this crazy kooky gimmick. Um, let me just young line myself. Let me just primaritize. Uh, primar- I don't know what that word means. Uh, let me just. Um, Strip myself down and really use only very, very, very basic moves and try to figure out who I am from there. I just wanted to be known as a good wrestler. That's all I want. I just wanted to be have that respect from, from the people in the back and fans that I was a good wrestler. That's all I ever wanted. So when I did that, I went from having 12 matches in one year um, in, the, in the mask, and then after that, 55 matches the next year from young lying myself and yeah man that's how it happened that's where i had the black trunks you know knee pads and that that's that's where it all started that's where i I guess the person you know now born off of off of me stripping myself down i was trained by luchadors believe it or not so (laughs) i i that's that was my first style Hurricane Rana's springboards, arm drags, uh, twisting, twisting arm drags, all that stuff. I know how to do all of that, but that's the complete opposite of, of what I am. So uh, now you're now obviously now you go by Robert Martyr. I asked you this when you did a Q and A because I was genuinely curious, and I and I really liked your answer, so I'm going to ask you it again. Uh, why the name Robert Martyr? Well, Martyr is, uh, I was reading, um, so there's a, you guys know the movie B for Vendetta? I haven't heard of that, no. Yeah, there's a movie, um, you know the Guy Fox mask or the Anonymous mask? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So there's a movie off that um, called B for Vendetta, and it's very, if you guys haven't checked it out, that's one of my favorite movies ever. Um and in one of those quotes, he talks about um, a martyr. A martyr is a man that's willing to give everything he is for what he believes in. And that was uh, the main character. That's what he was. He was a martyr um, for his beliefs. And that stuck to me because being a martyr, I'm, I'm a martyr for professional wrestling. Professional wrestling is what I eat, sleep, and breathe. And, you know, I don't think anyone loves this business or basically brings it all into themselves and really believes in it to the point where they're willing to represent it. I want to be 
the representative of professional wrestling. When you look at me, I want to be like, that's wrestling. For a long time, that was Brian Danielson. For a long time, that was Harley Race. Before that, that was Luthez. And before that, that was George Hackenschmidt. And before that, there, and, and from years and years and years, there was always a pinnacle of the sport. There was always that one guy that you knew, that's the man, and that's what I want. And I think that, especially now, um, wrestling's culture is kind of lost. And I want to use people that came before me, but I want to do it my own way. And I, I'm willing to die. I, professional wrestling saved my life. I'm be straight honest. Professional, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for wrestling. Like, you'd be either dead and in jail. And, yeah, that wrestling saved my life, so I'm, I'm willing to risk mine for wrestling. And if that's what I can do, then that's what I will do. That's... See, I love that answer. I love that answer. That's the attitude that I like hearing. But uh, Nick, you got a you got another question? I've asked him a couple. I just want to get you make sure you get your stuff in. Yeah, I'm gonna get my shit in like any good worker does. So, <laughs> so Rob, since uh, since you're a young young guy in this business, and you know everyone's got to get the the generic wrestler questions out of the way, and you know the number one generic wrestler question is uh who inspired you to get into the business oh man um off the top of my head brian danielson harley race william regal fit finley dean malenko nigel mcginnis um man i could go on and on and on those uh the the first match um i ever like the first match that truly got me into wrestling like was like whoa what is this? I don't, and you know, um, I'm gonna just say his name. It, Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero at Armageddon. No, no, not Armageddon. At Vengeance 2003. Yeah. For the U.S. title, first U.S. title match, where Rhino comes in. Guerrero thinks he's gonna get speared, but Rhino spears Benoit. Complete oh. turn. F- screws over Benoit. Eddie Guerrero wasn't even part of this. He's like, what the heck? Goes to the top rope, frog splash on a limp Crispin wall, pins him one, two, three. When I saw that, I was like, dude, I don't know what the heck this is, but this is crazy, and I want to be able I want to do this. This gotta be the craziest thing. And that's what got me in love with wrestling. But what really made me want to do it, what really made me was like, I gotta do this shit, was Brian Danielson versus Homicide. For the ROH World Title in the Manhattan Center, in front of 2,500 people, all going crazy when Homicide wins the World Title. That when I saw that, I was like, "I'm doing this. I don't care. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know when, but I'm going to do it." My grandma um, is a huge fan. Like she will literally die for that man, Eddie Guerrero. My grandmother, uh, mi abuela. <laughs> she she loves her some wrestling, man. She's got tapes of uh, AAA in, like, 1992. So, Eddie Guerrero, when he was, like, 21 years old, like, he, you know, in AAA, you know, wrestling La Parca or, or you know, very young Rey Mysterio, Psychosis, El Dandy, all these guys. And it's crazy because I have all those tapes. And my uncle was a big ECW fan. So, I got to see RVD and Jerry Lynn. And I got to see... You know, Guerrero versus Malenko. And then I got to see those matches. I'm like, bro, this is crazy. 
and then I got to see Rey Mysterio versus Icosis in a in a Mexican death match, and then I got to see um, my idol, my uh, my uncle brought a Ring of Honor tapes, the IWA Mid South tapes to me because I knew I ate up wrestling like it was nothing. So I would watch you know Chris Hero versus versus uh, Brian Danielson in the 2006 Ted Petty Invitational. Then we'd have Eddie Kingston would you know be wrestling. That's how I got introduced to Eddie Kingston, Sammy Callahan. You know, all these guys were just watching the smorgasbord of just great, great wrestling. Glory Days Ring of Honor, 2002 to 2008. Like, those those really good glory days. And, man, that's that, that's what it got me. And I just knew I had to do it from that point on. I was like, man, this is great. <laughs> R- R- Roger Trunk's another. I fucking love Roger Trunk. Trunk's the man. <laughs> I've said it before. I really don't think there's been a higher peak of in-ring work. From like yeah, that like two thousand two to like two thousand eight, outside of WWE scene, you know, X Division in the T and the X Division in TNA, Ring of Honor, you know, like all those other independent promotions at the time. I really don't think there was a higher peak of in ring wrestling because you had guys AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, Daniel Bryan, Nigel McGuinness, Low Key. The list goes on and on Austin and on. Aries, man, you got Austin everybody, Aries. man. Jay Lethal, oh, yeah. man, you got you, Kevin Steen, El Generico, Jimmy Rave. You got uh, Jack Evans. You literally have the Briscoes. Everybody, uh, everyone, yeah. man, everyone. And Most was, against, yeah. Oh, and you could. I could even keep going. Uh, you had uh, yeah. uh, uh, Jamie Noble or James Gibson. You know, guys that you were just like, what? You know, you watch that stuff back. And the, on top of that, they had the import talent. They had the talent from Noah. They had Kenta Kobashi. They had um, uh, Mara Fuji. Uh, uh, Goshi. They had, um, didn't um, dude from Noah win the Ring of Honor World title in 05? I, I always forget his name, so forget Morishima. Morishima. Yes. Morishima won. And then um, they had uh, Misawa. And they had Kenta. Oh, man, you, you literally had... Every Christopher Daniels, how man, I how the DVD right here. Him. Yeah, man. favorite Kojima. Kojima, there yeah. he is. There he is. Have you seen that clip? It's CM Punk and Samoa Joe's shoot interview. It's before Punk goes to WWE and Joe goes to TNA, and they prank called Gabe Sapolsky as homicide, saying he has to stay in Puerto Rico because of the money. They want to put the belt on him. They He's like, put the belt on me. You know, and I know I get a match with Kojima. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it's Morishima. He wrestled BJ Whitmer on this show for the world title. Yeah, man. BJ Whitmer was, is, is the truth also. Love BJ. Um, but, yeah, there, dude, there's so many guys. Like, I couldn't think of a more stacked roster, man. Like, from the, those years, like, it's incredible to me. It is incredible, incredible to me that for from two thousand two to two thousand nine, they had that type of a run, like no misses. Like every show was awesome. Like oh my god, the, the roster. I I don't know. I couldn't think of a better a better time in wrestling than that. Those those times. And that's why TNA was so popular during that time because they had the X division with those guys. And, you know, like everyone says, oh, WCW was carried by the cruiserweights. TNA was carried by the X division because 
And the, the best thing about the exhibition is because there was no weight limits. So you could have guys like Samojo and guys like, you know, who aren't just super small guys, just great in-ring workers. And that's why I love TNA so much because the of the exhibition. I'm just Phil. Oh, yeah. You remember when Kurt Angle was the exhibition champion? I forgot. He got all the belts at one time, right? Yeah, man. He, um, he was, I called that, I called that the modern day J crown. Cause he had, he had everything. He had every bell in the business. Um, so yeah, that's, that's crazy to me. Um, but yeah, man, like that, that's, that's, I, I want that back. I want rosters back, you know, cause you know, independent wrestling, um, uh, it's, it's, I love independent wrestling, but at the same time, it would be great just to like have company guys, you know? And then I know that won't happen, but like you know, when that—that's why like company rivalries are so cool because you have you know one side and the other side. You got two two sides of of just fantastic talent, and you know for the longest, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think TNA was trying to compete with Ring of Honor, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so TNA and Ring of Honor had a working agreement, and. Yeah. Uh, is that, yeah, TNA yeah, stopped the first, and that's why uh, so many. That's why uh, a lot of people think Ring of Honor, like, kind of. I don't really know how to word it. You know, it was Ring of Honor was really affected by that because they lost guys like Joe. They couldn't use AJ, you know, Jimmy Rave, uh, which, oh, by the way, really saddened by the news about uh, Jimmy Rave. Yeah, you know, man, sucks. Um. And and I guess that kind of speaks to, you know, wrestlers got to be more smart with their bodies, man. If you're hurt, there's nothing wrong with taking a couple days off or a couple weeks off. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, you might. It, there's always a fear of losing that buzz. But, man, if it's for your health, then do it. You know, Jimmy Rave had an infection in his, I don't know if it was his whole arm or some something like that. And, you uh, know, up he to, it yeah, out. Like, yeah. The whole forearm got cut off. Something, something about it. And, um you know, he didn't think it was nothing or, or he, he knew it was bad, but he toughed it out. He, he couldn't, he, he was making a lot of money or, or, or what have you. And, you know, uh, it got infected and it cost him. Um, and, you know, shout out to Jimmy Rave. Jimmy Rave is, he, I love Jimmy Rave. Um, but yeah, it, he just goes to show, you know, be, be smart with your bodies, really. And, that, and I think that's the biggest takeaway from, the old era to now is that we're more knowledgeable, knowledgeable and we're more aware stuff like CTE stuff like, you know, infections. There's no, there's no toughing it out. You know, there's, it's all, it's accepted to, you know, take a break. And uh, you brought up Chris Benoit earlier, you know, the Benoit tragedy is obviously one of the worst things to ever happen to professional wrestling, but there was, you know, no one likes to, necessarily come out and say this but there was a light side to it in that it kind of helped save so many wrestlers careers and lives because after the benoit thing and it's like oh his brain he had the brain of a 80 year old one a 81 year old dementia patient you know because of the cte and people started taking concussions more seriously and people started taking you know drug abuse more seriously after him and Eddie both died, you know? And and that's what ushered in the PG era, you know? Um, I mean, it's crazy that it happened twice. Think about it. It happened, um, 
with the Hulk Hogan scandal. Happened with that. Hogan went to WCW. You saw how much weight he lost when yeah, he went and made that good. jump. Well, he maybe maybe dropped like sixty pounds. Just sick, like legitimately like sixty pounds of weight. Um and and then it happened again, unfortunately, in, in probably the worst way possible. But I guess it was the biggest wake up call to everybody else. So we gotta take this stuff more seriously. Like, you know, you think of guys uh uh like like uh, man, there's so many. And a guy like Chris Candido, you know, Chris Candido, you know, he had, he, he was such a good guy, but because, um, I, I think he had a complication, uh, in, in surgery or it was something, um, but man, he, uh, he injured his leg in a match yeah. and, uh, he got a blood clot and he flew home and he died because of the blood clot in his leg after the surgery. Yeah. And, you know, stuff like that, man, like. It's so unfortunate, and the amount of people we've lost through the drug abuse or through the head, through head injuries, it, it, it's scary. That's why, you know, as much as, you know, chair shots of the head look fucking sick and amazing, taking too many of those, like Mick Foley did, you know, that could, that, that's a, that's a life, it's a career ender. It's a life-changing, changing thing, you know. Uh, Mark Hunt is one of my favorite MMA heavyweight fighters of all time. You know, he can't even remember some of his kids' names. You know that's horrible. So I think we're a lot more we're more knowledgeable um, through events like that, um, and it sucks. But I think now we're a much more safer, you know, place to work because you know back then men men were taking chair shots like they were nothing. They were literally taking chair shots every show. I know mean, Bob Holly. I think Bob Holly had an inside joke that every every time he'd just take a chair shot to the head. I don't know what. But it was up with Bob Ch- Bob Holly and chair shots, but yeah, you know, sucks. But uh, I, I think now we're we're in a more positive state because of it. Yeah, yeah. look at any Mike Awesome Masato Tanaka match. It's like ECW one night stand two thousand five. Like they're hitting each other in the head like it's with a chair, like it's nothing. And then you know, two years later, Mike Awesome. You know, um, tragically, you know, um, mid suicide. It, it it sucks, man. It it really does. Uh, drug abuse sucks. Chris Canyon, you know, drug sucks. And, and hopefully, we don't get any of those ever. Um, and to be honest, like, I don't even know how. I legitimately don't even know how uh, <laughs> Masato Tanaka is walking right now because of how many chair shots he's taken in the head. And he's he's so good. Have you seen Mata, Masato Tanaka recently, man? He's jacked. He's so he's still amazing, man. Masato Tanaka's awesome. Um, but man, I don't know what what he has in his head. He he still is going a, as hard as he was, you know, twenty years ago. Yeah. So, Drew, you got anything? Yeah, yeah, got a question? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he goes on a coughing attack right when I right when I uh, transition to him. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so, man, uh, something's going on. So, uh, I did that the other I day on the podcast. Watch... Yeah. So, I was, so you told me to watch Vengeance 03. I unfortunately started then stopped. I watched the opener and just stopped. Just something came up, and I just didn't go back to it. But I had a question about it. 
Uh, you said that Zach Gowan and Mr. McMahon was a good match. Dude, that match was good. <laughs> was that it? Match was so, dude, that match was good. That match was dude. So I don't know. I don't remember the exact story. I think, I think it had something to do with Mister America, Hulk Hogan, whatever. And um, I know Stephanie wrestled somebody else in the earlier in the night. Sable, I think. Yeah, somebody. Um, because uh, Vince and Sable had some things together or whatever. That was, in my opinion. That was that was Zach Gallen's best match in WWE with Vince McMahon because Vince made him hit him for real, like hit him. And there was a spot where I remember perfectly where um, I think Zach drop kicks him in the knee, and Vince has the chair in his hand, and when he drops to a knee, he plants it, and Zach Gallen drop kicks the chair to his head. And when it connects, it cuts Vince, and he's ble- like you want it. You think that Eddie, you know, um, JBL versus uh, Eddie Guerrero, right? That, yeah. That in- you think that's bad? Watch that match. Watch that match, Vince. Dude, fuck the Muda scale. Okay, Vince. I'm gonna call it the Vince scale because that he was literally bleeding so bad. It was. It was horrific how how bad he was bleeding, and um, I think Vince won that match. But yeah, dude, that was, that's one of my favorite matches. I think almost every match on that show was great because um, if I remember correctly, I don't know uh, was it it was Jamie Noble versus uh, Billy Gunn on that match uh, on that show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they had Benoit versus Eddie, and then for the main event they had um, Brock Triple Three Show. And hurt. So there's something you didn't mention to me when I asked you about Vengeance 03, the um, APA Invitational. What did you think of that segment? I thought it was hilarious. Dude, they had the Easter Bunny, and then they had... <laughs> um, they had Brother the, Love. Yeah, they had Brother Love, and then... Um, Going. They had they had the APA, obviously. I don't know who else was in there. Um, I think... Uh, Sean O'Hare was in there. I Any was- SmackDown 2003 jobber you can think of. Yeah, it? dude. Kai and Tai was in there. Taka Michinoku, um, uh, uh, Funaki, they were there. Um, I think they that's had- what – Number one announcer. The APA yeah. won. So that's how the yeah, APA, APA was. Like, Funaki was drinking, and then he was like – like he was about to fall over, and he was taking like three minutes, and JBL was already, was already feeling the buzz. And then Funaki falls, and that's how and the APA won. Because yeah, the whole thing was just knock people out. But honestly, that was a great segment. That was a great segment, man. <laughs> I don't know why, but it was entertaining because I think Sean O'Hare was just drinking the whole time for the, the basically the entire match until I don't know who it was. I think it was Ron Simmons, you know, comes and beats him up. But yeah, that was a great segment. John here, God, talk about wasted potential. That's yeah, man, sucks. And he he had a cool. He had probably had my favorite besides back Zach Gowan had my favorite early two thousands theme. You know, he he had the spider and everything. I don't know what was his deal with spiders at that time, but it was really cool. 
just such but, a cool look like the yeah. coat he had the cool hair and he just looked cool and he had the little the evil goatee and the spider you know god he just looked so damn good yeah his, his vignettes were so good oh my god wasn't he with roddy piper yeah yeah, yeah. And, he and then roddy I think he got fired midway through their their program or something like that. I think Roddy was fired, and then yeah, they just had him on his own. Um, you know, speaking about Vince McMahon in two thousand three, another match, like another underrated match, like the way you feel about Vince McMahon and Zach Gallon. That's the way I feel about Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania nineteen. Like people do not talk about that match enough. Like that match is so good. It's for. For Hogan and Vince, who is legitimately not a wrestler, man, I don't know what is it with the McMahons, but have you realized that every person in the McMahon family has wrestled? Vince, Linda, Shane, and Stephanie <laughs> have all wrestled <laughs> one way or another. Say what you will about the McMahons, but like Shane always puts on damn good matches. Oh, Stephanie man. McMahon somehow always puts on damn good matches. Vince usually puts on damn good matches. Uh, can't say I've seen a Linda McMahon match. Don't, but I, I think it was it was barely a match, but it was him versus it was it was Linda versus I think Batista or something. something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was Linda McMahon versus Batista, and basically, uh, I guess Vince was mad at Linda and made him face made her face Batista or something something like that. Um, but trying to think like man yeah they 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 put on solid matches like him uh shane versus kurt yeah classic. shane versus shane kurt, kurt was a classic undertaker versus mania absolutely yeah, yeah. dude I, I don't know what else shane versus aj styles was oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> holy shit man that was such a good match um that, but, yeah, that was in my opinion that was the best match of that entire wrestlemania was Shane and so apparently I, I saw this I know this is almost kinda off topic, but I saw this statistic on, on 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 Instagram yesterday. Vince McMahon is the only man to hold the ECW the original ECW title and the WWE title in their careers that is not named Rob Van Dam. Those are the only two yeah. people to hold the oh, no. ECW. Uh, the Big Show. Did he? But I mean about the original ECW title. Yeah, well, because I, I guess Vince I guess Big Show came counts. after shows because Big Show was. So I think Big Show beat RVD in 06 for it. Yeah. Mm. So and Big Show Big is a former WWE champion. So I guess Big it's Show those. Van Dam, and then Lashley beat Big Show, and then Vince beat Lashley. Yeah, but Lashley never won the the WWE title. So yeah, we were, we were yeah, but no, I'm saying about Vince. So yeah, I guess it's I guess it's Vince, Rob Van Dam, and Big Show the only people to hold the ECW and WWE title. What a class! Wait, <laughs> what about Punk? Huh? Punk? What? Punk was never ECW champion. I don't think. Yeah, was he? he was. Yeah, he Punk was? Too. Yeah. yeah, Punk too. Yeah. Damn. So Punk too. Wow. That's crazy, um, man. Do why you know? Um, I don't know if you saw, but it was like a listing of of every 
WWE champion, and they didn't Vince, like WWE didn't acknowledge Vince as a WWE champion. I'm like, that's bullshit. Vince is a WWE champion. <laughs> he won. They don't the acknowledge uh, Ted DiBiase either, which I think as they a, should. Technically, he won it for like how how long did he hold it for? It was like two seconds. Did he paid know. off Andre for it? Right? Yeah, yeah, but they count Andre. Which if you're not, if you're gonna count Andre, you should count Ted too. Yeah. But, no, 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 but here's the thing. They, I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, Bobby Heenan and I don't know who else, uh, uh, Bobby Heenan and uh, uh, Gorilla Monsoon, they didn't acknowledge Ted Biasi as the world's champion. They didn't, he, he technically had the belt and he paid off Andre to be the champion, but the WWE didn't, oh. the WWF didn't recognize him as that. So I don't, I don't think that's why they put him as a, as a champion. No, but the thing is, DiBiase defended the belt on house shows. Oh, like, he did? I've seen, like, a screenshot of, like, a picture of him with the belt, and it says Ted DiBiase. And I'm pretty sure it said WF champion. So he defended it on house so shows. So he defended the belt. So I guess they're, they consider it he was defending the belt on behalf of Andre, a te- a technically, I guess, or whatever. They just don't want to acknowledge him. He That would be cool, man. He was the only... WWE, WWF champion to technically never win the title. He just bought it off and defended it. <laughs> there's a That's lot pretty. of there's a lot of phantom champions in WWF. Like Antonio Inoki is technically a WWF champion. Greg the Hammer Valentine is technically a WWF champion. Same thing with um in in with the NWA. Bobo Brazil technically won the title. Yeah, Bo- yeah, Bobo acknowledge that technically. First ever African American world champion. Yeah, but they don't they, they don't recognize that title. When oddly enough, uh, Carlos Colon, NWA champion, don't acknowledge that win he had over Ric Flair. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I was going to ask you about. Uh, so you. You say you were mostly influenced. Your wrestling style was influenced by guys like Masato Tanaka, Fit Finley, William Regal. You said, I think you said that in your no piece Fallout promo after Forfo spray painted your back. Yeah, yeah, um, they, yeah. So what what drew you to them? I, I don't know if you answered that earlier. Um, yeah, Brian Danielson, um, especially uh, you know Eddie Kingston, Andrew McGinnis, guys like that. Um, what drew me? I want to say the biggest thing that drew me to them was their presence. I noticed to the ring that they weren't the most charismatic when they got there, and then their entrances. But there was like a, a, a was like a respect to them that you know it, you you didn't get with everybody. You didn't like you know for a time Benoit when Benoit came out he wasn't high five in the fans or anything like that. He just know? walked out. He just walked out. But there was that respect. That, oh my God, you know this guy can go. Fit Finley, and when when you're gonna see a Fit Finley match, you know you're gonna see a fight. Or when you see William Regal, you know he's gonna wrestle him, and it's gonna be a fight. Or when you see Brian Danielson, you know you're gonna see a damn good match. You know. I'm about to bring out another another DVD. My dad got this at a um, at a store a few years ago. Judgment Day 2006. Chris Benoit versus Finley. Wait, wait, is that a noose? 
It is a noose. Ooh. Yeah, I have um, Vengeance 2004. And Benoit's originally... Isn't Benoit originally on that poster? Yeah, that's the picture of, like, is his face in black and white, and then it's... No, it's Backlash. That's Backlash. Yeah, it's Backlash. Backlash 04, yeah. Vengeance 04. Vengeance 04 is Randy Orton. Yeah, but that's, like, a new school DVD. But, like, it still says Chris Benoit on the back. Does it? Yeah, it's pretty insane. But then you go on the W Network, and it says... Triple H competes... Go in a singles match. Well, at least that's how you know. (laughs) <laughs> Sing. Yeah, that's yeah. that's how I noticed that I was watching Bad Blood 04 earlier this year and you just said Kane competes for the world title and I was like, well I guess that's the best way to put it Yeah So, since we're celebrating we celebrated 30 years of The Undertaker last year I asked Nick this when we talked about Survivor Series What's your favorite Undertaker story? It can be like him outside the ring, him inside the ring. Oh, um, like, like, like in wrestling wise, or like you know, like the the you know the, the stories outside of the like, or just in in general. Any, any, just any story. What am I, I'm not gonna, f- f- man, like story. Um, not sure if I know any, but I know that uh, him and Bruiser Brody wrestled. I think. Yeah, him and Bruiser Brody wrestled in his debut match as Texas Red. And basically, I don't think he was selling for Bruiser Brody at all. And Bruiser, because he didn't know how. And Bruiser Brody beat the fucking shit out of him. (laughs) (laughs) And pinned him. Um, That's probably the only story I know. Um, Another one I think is, uh, I think, remember when Sean uh, was, you know, Sean versus Stone Cold. And I think, I I think. Stone Cold, uh, no, Sean didn't want to job the Stone, not job or lose the title to, to yeah, Stone Cold. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, apparently the Undertaker was waiting in the back with like chain, a chain wrapped around his fist. No, his, his hands taped. Yeah, his yeah, hands taped. Because he was gonna, he said one way or another that title's getting off Sean. Yeah. Austin asked him about that. He said, Did Vince know you were gonna do that? And Taker said, well, he probably knew I had my hands taped up in gorilla. Oh my god! Well, I think the I think the best part of that was so I think he told that story this year, and Sean goes up to him and goes, "Were you uh, were you actually gonna were you actually gonna hit me?" And Taker was like, he he told Sean no, and then he told <laughs> Stone Cold on his second in skull sessions, I lied right through my teeth. I felt so bad. <laughs> and, then, and he said, wait. "Sean was just like, oh, thank God, because I knew that doesn't. I knew that didn't sound like you. <laughs> you. So I guess he he was going to hit him, like for real. Yeah. <laughs> well, he at that time he didn't care for Sean. He didn't like Sean. Yeah. I mean, a lot yeah, of no one liked Sean. But my favorite Sean story is the Mister Anderson. You shoot, and he and he." They always, always poke fun at Shawn Michaels' lazy eye. And he was like, so he asked him, he, Sean Oliver, he asked Mr. Anderson, he was like, can you do the lazy eye? And he goes, oh, come on, bro, you're not working with me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I have that picture in my phone. I could send it to you. It's really funny. Dude, Those YouTubes are so Rob Man. Rob Van Dam does it perfectly. I mean, I know Triple H is like, Triple H is, um, 
I know there's like a bunch of Triple H stories, um, but honestly, uh, now that we're on the topic of Undertaker, I'll tell you one of my favorite Undertaker matches like, by oh, far. Sure. Um, him it was on, I, actually it was on Vengeance 2003. Him versus Cena. That was a good match. Yeah, you know. Cena and Vengeance 2003. That was a really good match. Um, I also I, I know people obviously the 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 Michaels Taker uh, uh, what is it called trilogy? Yeah. Was it yeah, trilogy it is. Or, is it a trilogy? No, no, it's like when, two when matches. Mania. They had the two uh, matches in Mania. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, then two then matches at Mania, and then the two matches with Triple H were both good. You um, know, you guys want to know my favorite Undertaker match? What's your favorite Undertaker match? Undertaker versus Heidenreich. Heidenreich. Dude. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You know what's crazy? Is Heidenreich actually was on the indies like right right after he got released. And there's a match between Doink the Clown and Heidenreich. Oh, yes, sir. Yo, dude, I heard that story. I think it's the same story. In the Golden Corral parking lot. Yeah, the Golden Corral parking lot. Dude. Uh. Man, Heidenreich. You know, he was supposed to be like, it was like, not him. Yeah, no, no. But him and Nathan Jones were supposed to be like the new brothers of destruction, I guess. And are you thinking of, are you thinking how uh, at WrestleMania 21, it was supposed to be Heidenreich and Gene Snitsky versus the brothers of destruction? Yeah. But they (laughs) they weren't ready at all. Like Gene was, but Heidenreich was not. Heidenreich was not, as well as Nathan Jones was not at all. Well, thank, well, thank God that didn't happen because we got Taker and Orton, which got an untold. That's a great untold on the network. I don't know if you've watched that, but it's... No, I haven't. So they just sit there talking about receipts because apparently Orton hit him, in a ch- hit him with the chair. I guess it wasn't supposed to happen, and he, like, cut him from, like, right here to here. And... He and Orton, when they got to the back, he was like, "Dude, I'm so sorry." And Taker goes, "Sorry, right, kid, your receipt's coming." So it comes to um, Armageddon 05. They're a Hell in a Cell match, and they're fighting around the ring. And Taker gets a chair, and Orton said, "You know what he said to me? He said, receipt's coming.'" And bang, busted Orton open. That's an interesting question, Rob. Have you ever gotten uh, a receipt in wrestling? Plenty. Then a receipt, even. Plenty. Plenty oh, yeah, man. Um, you know, when when one's coming, you know, and you're like, I deserve this. And mm-hmm. then there's other times where you're like, Oh, okay. No, I I try to be, you know. It depends. It varies, but uh, you know, I know a lot of people do the three strikes you're out rule. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they do, okay, you mess up once, all right. Yeah, you fucked up another time. Uh, okay, third time, all right. You got to be kidding me. So it, it's happened a couple times where, you know, I had to be a little rough. But, uh, you know, I, that's how I wrestle anyway. I love getting hit. I legitimately love getting hit. You know, uh, not unsafe, not reckless, but I love I love a, a good fight. And, uh, you know, it's ha- it, it happens, man. It happens. There's sometimes when... Uh, I wrestle some of my best friends and I clip them for real. And I know what's coming. I know something's going to get. I know something's coming, and that's just that's just wrestling, man. You know, um, 
And I don't think that's necessarily bad. I think that's a no. bad thing. So, but also a good. Obviously, as, as you guys know, it's a good story. A bunch of stories that can come out of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I'll just say uh, I'll just uh, slip this in there. My personal favorite Undertaker match is him and Sean first Hell in a Cell match, Bad Blood '97. I nope. think that more than trumps their uh, WrestleMania 25 match. People was say that. that. The, was that was their 25 the first one or the second one? Yeah, that was the first one. Because apparently that match is God. Apparently that yeah. match is the greatest match of all time. So Look, I, I strongly disagree with. I think that match. I, I that's in my opinion the most overrated match of all time. Their first one. Do you like their second one better? What would you? I haven't seen pick? them at 26, but I've seen them at 25 and didn't impress me. That much. Well, I think but, it's more the crowd got into it, is what people are like. Because Triple H said, on, I think on the last ride, actually, he said, I told Randy, uh, we are fucked. Because <laughs> him and Randy Orton main evented. Yeah. And, um. Tri- if, Triple H always gets that spot. Triple H always gets that spot. At 25, he got that spot. And then at WrestleMania 18, he got that spot. Yeah, when he had the Rock and Hogan, yeah, made of, with Chris Jericho, man, <laughs> I would have been so mad. I would have been so mad because at that point, like, yeah, the world title's on the line, but like, man, that's such a star-studded match. You can't. That's one of those matches where you make the world title the co-main, man. It's too big of yeah, a that's, match. That, that's why Taker and Shawn may have been in the next year because mm. they knew. Well, at yeah. least. Back on that show, I don't know if anything was going to top that match. I don't. What about Hollywood Batista with his spotlight? Oh man, I forgot about that. Holly... I like. You guys remember a Blue Tista? Oh yes. yeah. I fell... <laughs> I fell asleep during that match. I'm like, oh man, Batista's gotten all blue attire. Sleep. He started wearing wrestling shoes and like I don't know what the hell he was on, man. I was like, what was, what was it? He wore, were those those weren't kick pads, were they? they no, they were, they were. They were just like sleeves. They were, yeah, they were knee yeah. sleeves. They yeah, that I've never learned the uh, the actual term for those. Yeah, yeah there's sleeves. a lot of basketball players wear them. Too. Yeah, yeah, they're knee their knee sleeves and what he would do is he would just put them on his shins mm-hmm. and then he had like the the ankle high wrestling shoes so it kind of looked like kick pads but they weren't rob do you know that there is an action figure of that attire of that attire yes yeah. there is i, I and he has uh, he has the uh, the bobby fish style hat and he's got a, a blue vest and sunglasses even though he didn't wear that at the show He's, I mean, that's what he wears, anyways. That you see yeah. him in, in like the Guardians of the Galaxy interviews and stuff. He's always wearing that hat, that hat, and then like a scarf for some reason. Nicky, well, well, now, well, now he's super duper Dave Batista, and he's got yeah. a nice mustache he's, going on. He's losing his mind. He has a mustache now. <laughs> I, I was thinking earlier. No way does he not get up every morning, look in the mirror, and just laugh. Does, does he have? You know what? You know what? Uh, what was a rivalry that really got me as a kid? Um, Batista versus uh, uh, Rey Mysterio. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, That's me and Drew's favorite heel turn of all time. We reenact that heel turn all the time. You are my best friend. My best You're friend. My friend. You're supposed to be my friend. And then Ray's like, Dave, please, Dave, please. I beg you, man. I beg you, man. I beg you. Man, I beg you. you my, my kids, friend. man. Oh. You're hurting me, Dave. <laughs> Uh, and, then on, and then on SmackDown, Dave, what would Eddie think? Eddie's dead. Eddie's Ooh. dead. Ooh. Batista bomb. <laughs> oh my god! How long did that that feud only lasted a month? Because then after that, no way. It felt way longer than a month. It, because I remember this. I watched SmackDown. I remember. I remember when I was a kid. I used to, when they moved from the CW. I ne- I don't. I don't. Think, I don't know if they moved from the CW to Sci-Fi or the CW to another network. But I didn't get SmackDown for a good year. Sci-Fi was two thousand ten. Dude, because well, was it? Yeah, because here's the thing. I remember because like with all you know, all those tapes I mentioned, like those were VHSs. Yeah. So I. Like VHSs and DVDs, that's all I had. That's really, that's the only wrestling for like most of my my childhood life. Those it's the only wrestling I watched. I didn't know there was other wrestling out there. So there was, I was flipping through the channels and I got on the CW and fucking Superstars was on with Edge as a world champion and Undertaker's on freaking Superstars for some reason, killing himself on Superstars. <laughs> And I look back and I'm like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> Why is Undertaker on Superstars? Why is Edge on Superstars? I remember John um, Cena wrestled Ted DiBiase on Superstars too. Yeah, um, man. And well, I thought, like that was the main show for me, man. Superstars with this shit, and then they well, moved to. <laughs> I ha- I remember this Batista Rey Mysterio feud. So they had a match at Survivor Series. I they killed I, him. I, killed I think, him. And yeah, Batista had to have won because the next month he wrestled The Undertaker for the world title in a chairs and match. And he got DQ'd in a chairs match. He hit him with the low blow and Teddy Long State. We're not going to do that, player. Bro, can we please talk about Teddy Long and, <laughs> and his obsession with tag team matches with The Undertaker? <laughs> Tonight? You're going to go one-on-one with The Undertaker. He's gonna, he goes, player, you're going to go one-on-one with The Undertaker. Holla, holla, holla. And then he plays his fucking music and dances off while fucking whoever's in the ring is like, what the fuck, Daddy? This is going to be a tag team match. <laughs> fucking, I don't know why, but Teddy, Teddy Long was great. I don't know what he had with the fucking Undertaker. That was, that was great. Um... Yeah, man, Teddy Long, Teddy Long was awesome. I actually, when I went to a Dean Malenko seminar, I was like 16, and Elijah Burke was there, and um, Two Cold Scorpio, Elijah Burke, and Dean Malenko, and Teddy Long, all there. And I went to the, I drove like five, five, six hours from Orlando to Miami to go to the seminar, and man, Teddy Long was there, and everybody was like, everybody had time to, you know. Um, figure out their matches and, uh, you know, see who they're going to go up against. And, you know, I didn't, de- I didn't get that leisure because they thought, you know, I was just some kid 
And I said I wanted to, you know, um, I was so intimidated that I walked up to Elijah Burke, shook his hand, and I was like, hey, um, I'm Robert. I, I, you know, I referee, but I also have been training. He's like, oh, so you want to wrestle? I'm like, uh, yes, sir. He's like, all right, I got something for you. Everybody does their matches. Everybody, you know, is done doing their matches. You know, they got their critique. And I'm over here like, well, where's my match? I don't know what's going on. Elijah Burke gets in the ring. <laughs> Puts on his wrestling shoes. Gets in the ring. <laughs> He's like, kid, you ready? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is happening? What are were, you, we doing? were you warming up like this? Didn't know what to do? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, me? Like, did, you know, did he have like a, did he have like the track suit and the towel? Like, oh man, I don't know what he had on, but he had Elijah Burke clothes. You know, whatever he had. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wait, was he, he dressed like Elijah, was he dressed like Elijah Burke or was he dressed like the Pope? He was more more. Uh, he had the. Well, did did he wear the singlet in ECW? Did he have the? No, he had the. He had, he had regular the, longer bicycle. trunks. No, yeah. no, he had he had the he had the not the singlet, but he had like that Under Armour deal, whatever this with the yeah, you know, with the gloves and everything. Yeah, I think that's what he wears now. Yeah, yeah. but he had that on. Um, but yeah, the Angelo De Niro. Yeah. Pope. man, he's such a great guy, man. And yeah, man, that was the first time I cried in a ring because I had been like everybody hated me. Um, when I when I started because I was so young, so I got the shit beat out of me by everybody. Everybody beat the shit out of me. I was banned from two promotions before I even debuted. Banned. <laughs> so I was like, all right, that's why I I wrestled twelve times in a year. You know, I'll only work two promotions. Um, and you know, I had and every everybody that was there was banging on the. You know, banging on the uh, uh, the ring and freaking out, and it was genuine. And I and I cried in the middle of the ring, man. And basically, whoever uh, whoever impressed the most was going to be able to wrestle the next day. So I wasn't pre prepared for that. They had a show the next day, and they were going to wrestle on it. And I did so well, I guess that um, man. I get emotional thinking about it. I did so well that a Pope was like, "You're you're on the show, kid," and everybody's cheering and stuff. And I'm crying because I never got that respect. Always had to work for that respect. And when I finally felt I had a semblance of like, man, I'm I'm going somewhere. That's what it felt. And I didn't know, <laughs> little old me, I didn't know that I would be ended up ending up uh, making my pro debut wrestling him the night after. So, oh, wow. yeah, be That's wrestling him the night after. And I don't consider squashes like my squash matches before matches, but I would I will always say my debut match was uh, Elijah Burke. So uh, I've uh, an Instagram a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I posted on my Instagram story. It, it's a it's a crime that that man has never been a world champion. Oh, man. So so unbelievably talented, like good in the ring, full of charisma, good on the mic, has a million dollar smile, has the the whole look. Oh my god, he's so good. 
And he's so knowledgeable too, man. He's such a wealth of knowledge. And he's here he's one of those guys that's been doing it for so long that you would think he you know, why would he uh why would he want to help other people? You know, he's doing done it so long he has nothing else to do to, to, to prove in the business. And man, he just goes out of his way to help people like me and just and, and just be a mentor to a lot of people and he's definitely a mentor to me. And uh Man, it's crazy. He's actually um, what is he? NWA national television yeah. champion or national? Champion? Yeah, he won. The, he beat Zicky Dice for it. Yeah. Yeah. On, Speaking. Um, go ahead. Uh, uh, sorry to cut you off, but me and Drew um, were huge, huge fans of the NWA. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, Elijah Burke, Daniel Nero, the Pope, and the NWA, um. Elijah Burke, you know, he was obviously in the NWA when power was still going on. And we never got to see the conclusion of this feud, but he was feuding with Eddie Kingston for a little bit. Yeah. And that uh, that feud created my personal favorite Eddie Kingston promo of all time. He's, yes. the, he's the only man that could silence the GPB studios. Only yeah, man. so... Rob, I'm not sure if you've ever seen the segment. So yes, I have. I've seen it many times. Yeah. Basically, I don't know what the tag team was that he associated himself with. Bouncers. Yeah. Drew, was it the Bouncers or the Dawsons? The Dawsons. Bouncers. It was the oh, Bouncers. No. The Dawsons ended up leaving because they lost to C.W. Anderson, who just recently retired, and Caleb Conley. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it was either the bounce. I think the I swear it was the Dawsons, but I could be wrong. Regardless, it was, he was associating himself, and he wanted to recruit Wait, Eddie. Kingston. It was Dawsons. It was Dawsons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's my um. But yeah, uh, wanted to recruit Eddie Kingston, and Kingston was tagging with Homicide, and I think they attacked Homicide. If I'm not. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. They attacked Homicide, and, Hom- and, and Eddie Kingston. Cuts the promo of his life. Yeah. The promo of his life on Pope and how, you know, that man built New York, which he's 100% right. There would be no NY wrestling, you know, HOG. There would be no uh, uh, ICW, no holds barred. There would be none of that without homicide. You want to talk New York? Homicide. 100%, and I agree with that. And Homicide's his brother. It saved him from suicide, you know, and that silenced it. Yeah. And you almost felt in that moment that, you know, he was being too honest. Lot yeah. almost lost the crowd, but he turned it around. And he went at, and he went at, um, uh, uh, you know, the Dawsons and, you know, fighting for his brothers and, uh, you know, in New York and all that stuff. And man, Yankees. man, what a promo. Like when I saw that, my jaw dropped, dude. I was like, "Man, Eddie Eddie Kingston is phenomenal. He yeah. is the, just easily the best promo guy in the business." Absolutely. Like, and to me, it's a sh- it's it's a shame that Eddie Kingston really hasn't been getting mainstream uh, popularity, mainstream attention in wrestling until this year. Because you go back ten. Like over ten years ago, and he's still cutting the same great promos that he is doing today. Yeah, against Mike Quackenbush. 
um, when they had the uh, that, first grand champion. One of the know, best. Oh, my God, what a great promo. Yeah, the him versus Quackenbush, and it was a promo for Larry Sweeney. You know, like, the, like he's been doing this for years. Years. Mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston is a guy that I was like, man, you know, I got into wrestling as hard as I did because, you know, Eddie Kingston could be, could be my fucking uncle, dude. Literally could be my uncle. My family is from is from Harlem. My family's from New York. My family is from everywhere. And uh, in New York, you know, uh, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, Long Island, all from there. And, you know, those guys could be my uncle. Like, <laughs> Eddie, Eddie literally could be a family member of mine. So to see him representing Puerto Rico, representing, you know, having that lifestyle from the streets. Grew up, I grew up there, man. And to see him doing pro wrestling, dude, I got I, that 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 gave me the, the the door that I was like, okay, I can do this too. Somebody that looks like me can do it too, you know. Because all I saw was, you know, guys like I don't know, like uh, Bob Holly or, or, or you know, just big, jacked, bodybuilder muscle guys, and you know, here's Eddie Kingston beating the shit out of people. But, you know, he, he's not a bodybuilder in any sense of the word, but he can fight. And that's what I respected about him. And the thing about Eddie Kingston is, like, you'll have other, like, people that are, like, people in wrestling that are, like, from the streets or however you want to put it. And they'll, like, cut these promos about, oh, yeah, I grew up on the streets, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, dude, shut up. Like, no, you weren't. And then, like, but, like, with Eddie Kingston, he'll say, like, I grew up on the streets. I had to fight for my life every single day. And you're like, yeah, because his delivery is just so real. He's so real, and that's why his promos are so good. That's why every because you comes can out tell Eddie Kingston's not a character. Yeah, that's he. And is, it, if Eddie, he's a figure, you know, this is what makes him so, I think, special is used a lot more loosely now. Yeah. But this is what makes him just so amazing. If he's a bit, if the crowd's cheering him or booing him, he's gonna be him. Either way, whether you he's like it or not, he's been the same way for almost twenty years. Same person, never changed once. Never kissed anybody's ass. Never, you know, sold out. Same Eddie Kingston. Even now, he's got a contract and everything. Same Eddie Kingston. You know, that's what I want to be. That's what I strive to be. I don't need to change myself for anybody. I could be me and make money, you know, and that's what Eddie did. Eddie is a Puerto Rican Catholic from Yonkers, okay? Whoever thought a guy like him could, could be on national television, you know, being successful, you know, because, you know, I'm, Yonkers is not a joke, man. I've, I've seen Yonkers. Yonkers is a tough, tough, tough city. People, Bro- Brooklyn got cleaned up. Bronx is okay. Harlem got cleaned up a little bit, but Yonkers. Yonkers, man, Yonkers tough. Yonkers is a tough place to live. And the fact that he came out of that environment and made a, a better version of himself, you know, that, that's all you can ask for. And that's how real he is. Always real. Always shooting from the hip, man. And that's the best promos to me. When you're speaking from the heart and you believe what you're saying, you know, there is no fakeness about it. You can tell when guys cut, you know, promos and you can tell it's kind of like a you know, oh, he's cutting a promo. He's speaking in a cadence that you can tell it's a promo. Eddie doesn't speak like that. Eddie speaks how Eddie speaks. Eddie's just talking. Eddie's just 
telling you how it is. He's just being Eddie, you know, and the very few guys can do that. You know, there's a lot of people that you, you can tell, like, they're thinking of what they're saying. Eddie's just talking, and that's very hard. Very hard to do. Like, no one's ever gotten over on a scripted promo. Man. Nobody. <laughs> I don't think anybody, like, and the amount of people that have tried, you know, Roman Reigns suffering suck attack, son. Like, dude. You know, I know how long I know. it took you know, to say. Oh man, suff yeah, suffer and suck attached, son, because I didn't remember the whole thing. But dude, like you you hear that and you're like, man, it took him years to stomach that down. Years for people to forget about that. Now he's on the top of the world. Now he's who you know the head of the he table. He being, is the head of the table. Yeah. The he's tribal the of, chief. The tribal chief, man, and you were just like, "Yes, Roman, don't you don't have to talk all the time. You don't have to do this with your fists all the time, okay? You don't have to do that stuff. All you have to do is just be who you are, and that and Roman's Roman found it. Roman Roman is him now, you know. So, and sometimes it takes time. So. And you look at a guy like John Cena who. They'll hand him a script and he'll just go, he'll just look at it. All right. Yeah, I'll talk about that, that, that. And he won't use any of the lines. He'll just take the promo. Okay, this is what they want me to say. I'm going to put it in my own words and actually make it sound good. Yeah. And like when I started wrestling, I uh, went to my, uh, I was like 14, dude. I went to my, my trainer um, and I was like, so where are the scripts? Oh, that's another story I wanted to ask you about. I didn't know. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know. It was like... Is, um, so, sorry to cut you off if I did, but you said that when you first went and you walked in to your to wrestling school, you didn't shake anybody's hand. You didn't wait to say, like, wait for a drill. You went to the top. I don't know. It was on your Pro Wrestling Unlimited interview, and you just did a swanton. Yeah. So I just, I was like, hi, I'm Robert. And then I walked away. I went up to the top rope and I swanton myself. First thing I ever did when I got into wrestling. That it hurt, didn't it? No, because I didn't feel pain at that point. I feel a lot of pain now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just like, man, I've always wanted to do that. And I got yelled at. It was like, get the fuck off there. And I'm like, oh shit, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, man. Tell them about Road Warrior Buck. Oh, I don't know about you. And if you like the Bucks, that's your opinion. I'm not a big Bucks guy. Hey, wait, wait. So, wait. So, Drew. So, wait. Hold on. So, Robert, let me ask you. So, that story. So, you said that everyone was mad at you. Were you shocked that people were mad at you? And do you think that they should not have been mad at you? No, I think I would have been as pissed as they were. I was like, yeah, who the fuck is this kid? Thank you. Yeah. Coming up. Exactly. Drew, continue. You know. So, um, I don't know when this, so the Bucks were training with Super Dragon. Yeah. And the drill was, I think it was either a body slam or scoop slam. Scoop slam, uh, run the ropes, come off, elbow drop. That's the drill. So Matt Jackson, he's like, so my turn came. 
So I did Scoop Slam, Shooting Star Press, and Super Dragon got in his face like, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck is wrong with you? This is not what I told you to do. And he was, like, shocked that they were mad at him, and he, like, took it with pride. And I just don't think that's the way to do that. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know if I would have gotten in his face, but I would have been like, dude, that's not the drill. Like, what are you doing? That's not necessary. We're literally teaching you the basics. If you don't have the basics, you don't have anything. So, yeah, that's kind of weird. It takes it in vain, but, you know, I don't know this whole story, but, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I guess he was just trying to show off or, or, or something like that, but, yeah, dude. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'm not trying to make you look bad because we don't like the buffs. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if if you're being told by your 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 trainer what the drill is, you don't do the drill. You like purposely do, you know, a fucking shooting star press. Like, you know, what are you doing? But I I think didn't the Bucks come from backyard wrestling? Like they were backyarders at first. Well, they yeah. started. I'm guessing, right? So yeah, I didn't I didn't think they had a concept of like, you know, time and place and stuff like that. But you know. Oddly enough, they made a living out of, you know, quote, killing the business. So, I mean, if it works for them, it works. Um, yeah. yeah, they're making money. What do I know? They're making money. What do I know? You know, but at the same time, I think their impact had a positive but negative effect because now everyone does dives in the first match. Now everyone does a shooting star press in the first match, and it kind of kills the card. Like, it's, I think that's probably my biggest grievance with wrestling right now is that the card makes no fucking sense at all. Like certain cards just, they like, what is happening? Like, I don't know. Like sometimes there'll be the main event in the first match. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like what is happening right now? And they'll have like, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 and I, I'm a victim of this, but I hate random random uh 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 what is it called multi-mans i think that's yeah. the dumbest shit ever i think yeah. what it, it's like just an excuse to put more people on the card like yeah. you know not not to you know uh to make anybody angry but like a guy like ktb should be on the top of the world right now should be the face of every company a guy like cole radrick should be the face of of, of gcw but he's not and he should be a hundred percent. And it just frustrates me because, you know, I don't know. I don't want to go too into detail because I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with anybody. I just wish that cards were more, were, were construct, constructed better. And I think that like, man, dude, if, you know, there's, have you ever got, have you guys seen, been to a show that like went on way too long? Like way too long. Like I've, I've been to shows where there were like 12 matches. I don't know if I want to stomach that much wrestling. I love wrestling, but I don't know if I can watch a 12-match show, you know? Like, seven or eight, nine at most, in my opinion, man. And there are certain matches or certain uh, certain things that just go way too long. But. And, you know, I'm, I'm personally not a fan of just, okay, these guys are going to have a match because we want to see these guys have a match, you know? Like, I like story in my wrestling. 
And even if you have a story and you ruin it and people are like, oh, but the match is still going to be good. I'm like, yeah, but I don't care now. Like the Bucks and FTR. Not, we're really not trying to bury the Bucks here. Like, I'm just using them as an example. But like the Bucks and FTR, like they ruined that storyline, completely ruined it with the build. But then everyone's like, it's like, oh, but the match is still going to be good. It's still going to be a great match. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't care now. Yeah, I, I think FTR actually like complained a little bit about they think the build could have been better. But yeah, they did. If if um, man, if the, if that was the one exception, that match was fucking crazy good. But like, you're right. Like, imagine that with like the proper build, and it could have just been so much better. You know, you know, not always um a good match can hold a good a good show. It's not always the case. Um, yeah. good stories, you know, bring people back every every single time. And I will always say. Good stories win every time, every single time. There's, there's like no thing in the history, like, and it doesn't even have to be an elaborate story. Mm-hmm. Think of a match like Terry Funk versus Jerry Lawler. The only reason these two fucking guys wrestled is because there was such a debate on who was better. And it got to the point where they were fighting in an empty arena, ripping each other's eyes off. You know, it built to such a blood-scathing feud. But at first, it really didn't have a story. These were guys from completely separate territories coming together and wrestling, you know? And it just became a feud. Dusty versus Terry, another fucking feud that was fantastic. I don't remember the exact reason the feud started, but... Man, like Dusty sucks eggs. The T-shirt coming at Dusty, saying he looks like a sick dog. Coming at his sons, like man, Harry was going off. There's a story. Like my thing is, why have a I'll put it in this way: Why have a, a normal pizza when you could add a normal pizza is going to be fucking great. I love cheese pizza. But if you add all these cool ass toppings, it's gonna make it that much better, you know? Yeah. So like in, uh, yeah, in, in like the uh, run, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Uh, go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that. Yeah, it's um, it's like a pizza with toppings, man. It's just putting that stuff on. It, it it's gonna make it so much better. So when you add a story to a good match, that's what makes it so much better, man. Because you can not only and it makes you watch more wrestling, right? Let's say you watch the match without the story. You know, now it makes you okay, now I gotta go back and I gotta watch the whole feud. You know, I that happens for me all the time. I uh, recently um I got a bunch of DVDs so I'm going back and I'm trying to watch every Danielson feud that he had. Every single one. So I finished him versus Morishima, and I finished him versus Jack Evans, and then I finished him versus James Gibson, and now I'm him on him versus Roderick Strong, and now um, and then I have to do uh, him versus Joe, and then him versus Loki. Those are the, and, and him versus Austin Aries, and him versus Nigel. I'm saving Nigel for the last one because that that match they had so many matches, so I'm saving that for last. But you know. Just by that, just by those good matches, it's making me watch 
more wrestling, and I think people need to watch more wrestling. Long yeah, like of, uh, so I've I'd always heard I had always heard oh WrestleMania 17, the greatest pay per view of all time. So like three years ago, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna actually watch it, and I watched it. And I'm like, oh my god, that was so good. I got to see what happened the Raw after that, and then I'm like, oh man, I got to see what happened at Backlash. Oh my god, I got to see what happened pay per view after that and pay per view after that, and I just started watching these random 2001 pay per views just because the one show was so good. Yeah. And, and it's it's like, that's what I love about wrestling, man. I don't think wrestling will, it, it, it never stops. It's a, it's a never-ending trope of stories. It's literally never-ending. Like, it's, it's one feud to the next, one, one, you know, one stage of your career to the next, and it just never ends, you know? Like, it's, I don't know, it's like, it's like, uh... What can I put it to? It's like the anime or, or the movie that or the or the series that just has a like hundred seasons, but it's still that good, you know. Yeah. Like obviously, there's going to be season five where it starts to get a little, little sucky, but then it comes back in season six or whatever, whatever it may be, you know. And that's what's so cool about wrestling. I think wrestling is like this smorgasbord of like, there is no other medium. Literally no other medium that can offer you what wrestling offers you. It's literally of every choice. You want sport-oriented wrestling? You've got that. You've got Ring of Honor. You've got MLW. You've got you know, uh, early Evolve. You, you have Evolve Wrestling. Like You want that sport-oriented? You've got that. New Japan, whatever. All Japan. Then you want uh, more of a comedy wrestling. Go to DDT. Watch DDT. Watch some of Chikara stuff. You, know? you want you know, Japanese Lucha. Takara, you go to Toriyaman in, in, in Japan, you want, um, you want some, uh, 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 what is it called, Strong Style. Watch fucking New Japan in, in the early 2000s with Katsuri Shibata killing people, man. You have so much, so much wrestling that is across the spectrum. It's, it's just everywhere. Old school, new school, you know, glory days, whatever that may be, you have it. And that's what's so cool about wrestling, man. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it on the planet. Rob, so your favorite band, one of your favorite bands is Green Day, and you enter to Green Day. Like yeah. That's your entrance theme. Brains, Brains do. I agree. Green Day, yeah. So, so would you consider Green Day your favorite band of all time? No. Not my no. favorite band. It's one of a, it's a very, I like the band a lot. A lot of people give it shit. Which I understand, but I, I enjoy them. My um, favorite, yeah. But my favorite band, period. Man, that's hard because I listen to so much that it's kind of hard to to give that that title. I'm a huge Dead Kennedys fan. Um, I'm a huge. Uh, um, I just love punk in general, but I love. Uh, uh man, I'm trying to think. Um, not Black Flag. What are they fucking called? I can't think of. Uh, Descendants. I love the Descendants. I love a lot of bands. Um, oh shit, dude. Oh man, I just had them in my head. Um, who, you guys know what Down Rodeo is? That song, Down Rodeo. You ever heard of Down Rodeo? Um, man, how could I forget? Tom Morello is, a, is the guitarist. Tom Morello, Down Rodeo, 
Um, Bulls on Parade. You know Bulls on Parade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By, um, what's the band that... <laughs> How can I forget? I look Wasn't so that Rage Against the Machine? Yes, Rage Against the Machine. I'm sorry. And I then, love um, My Chemical Romance cover. I was never a big fan of My Chemical Romance. You I know, well, I've never heard of them, but... So, the only reason I know they broke up... I didn't know they broke up. So... On my birthday, everyone was like, holy shit, it's March 22nd. And then I'm like, what's March 22nd? Because, like, it's my birthday. I look it up. First thing is, My Chemical Romance breaks up. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, Drew, I know the first thing in your head was like, you guys care that much about me? No, my it's birthday. not true at all. I knew, I, Man, I knew it's my birthday. It's my birthday. You know, um, uh, my, uh, my birthday was on WrestleMania, March fourteenth. Um, I think it's yeah, WrestleMania twenty is on my birthday. Oh yeah, so I have a story about that too, Rob. So yeah, I was born. You were born the night that Chris Benoit won the World Heavyweight Championship. I was born the night that Triple H got drafted to SmackDown. Oh wow! Well, you weren't born on the night that um, Chris Benoit won. No, I was born uh, the year on your birthday. Yeah, but, it was the year before. But I was born on the night Triple H went to SmackDown in 2004. Uh, what the hell? What hell? What the hell? Things in wrestling have happened on the day after Christmas? Because that's when I was born. Probably a lot that I just don't remember. Um, but yeah, uh, I was born uh, in 2001. So uh, yeah, I think when was when was WrestleMania 20? When was that year? 2004. Yeah, 2004, so a couple of years. I was like three when that came out. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, uh, you before it cut off, you said um, a lot of wrestlers listen to different workout tapes. I love listening to, like, it goes from metal to hardcore punk to rap back to, you know, Slay, I got like Slayer, um, you know, uh, uh, um, Black Flag. Whatever the case may be. So I listen to a gr- oh, Code Orange. I fucking love Code Orange. Code Orange is awesome. Um, and they do a lot of uh, WWE stuff now, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But yeah. I love Code Orange. And, uh, yeah, I listen to a lot of those. I am a huge, 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 huge fan of probably the most underrated punk band of all time is The Dead Presidents. Those guys are fucking crazy. Dead presidents. Nobody really knows about them. They're fucking sick. I like the Germs. The germs are cool. I like a lot of a lot of punk bands. But yeah, I listen to rap too. Big L, um, the Ghetto Boys. A lot of old school rap. So I like that too. MF Doom is probably my favorite. I love MF Doom. MF Doom is the goat. <laughs> me and Drew's favorite. What about uh, me and Drew's? Favorite mutual band, Three Days Grace. Three day, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Everyone, I everyone I know, and maybe it's just because they're wrestling fans associates Three Days Grace with SmackDown versus Raw 2007. Dude, um, you that's know, the best like, soundtrack of all time. Dude, legitimate, legit. Like, if I hear Lonely Train, oh man, what a song! I love that song. Sometimes holding down the line. 
makes me lonely. Like I immediately think of of the of the games. Like I can't. I don't know, man. Like those games are synonymous, or don't not the games. The 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 music is synonymous with those games, man. I wonder what the I want. I I don't think they care because it's like it's publicity for their for the band. You ever just think like the band, like everyone knows that they're attached to these games. I wonder if they, because I remember one time this band that did Eddie Edwards ROH theme knew Ring of Honor used them for Eddie Edwards theme. Because they said, this is the theme to Eddie Edwards. And they didn't care about wrestling. They were like, at that wrestling thingy. I, I kid you not, that's what they said. And it makes me wonder if they like remember that. Because Kill Switch Engage, I don't know if you're a fan of them. Yeah, there's song, their song Unleashed was supposed to be used for I think Seth Rollins. Um it's one it's one of their newer singles, but it's it's really good. But it but um the guitarist said it was supposed to be used for a wrestler and it sounds like a Rollins theme. Yeah. To be honest. But uh, yeah, no, uh, End of Heartache is that's that's where the move comes from. That's where the move name Yeah, comes from. and he used it after a while. Yeah. But Drew, didn't you tell me that uh, Our Lady's Peace don't play Chris Benoit's theme anymore? Yeah, no, they do absolutely do not. Well, I Did know they make this song for him? Was still, while he was still alive, he was like, uh, this song is uh, the theme song uh, for a good buddy of ours, uh, wrestler uh, Chris Benoit. And then it'll like, yeah. play the song. <laughs> yeah, so they, they, well, I don't think they want to play it, and I don't think they can play it. Just Did you tell me that they played it like once? No, they. It was one of their hits. I've never heard of Our Lady Peace besides that theme. Yeah, no, but they. That was on one of their albums. The full song was on their yeah. album, and that's one of their biggest songs. I've heard the full song. The full song's like pretty good. It's long as shit. <laughs> yeah. That intro is so long. It's like, <laughs> That gives me goosebumps. I kid you not. <laughs> kind of scares me. Yeah, dude, it's it's haunting, man. But um, I don't know. It was just such a like. It's a theme that you know it, you'll never forget. It's such a good theme song. Yeah. A, um, you know whose theme was really good? Um, uh, uh, Shane Helms theme. It's time. And then there's another time for room. It's time. <laughs> Yeah, I like that theme a lot. I, I remember that's in um that's his theme in oh eight. That's one of the few reasons why I remember. Yeah. And uh Well, I asked you this off air. What's your favorite wrestling video game? So by far it's gotta be I I literally grew up destroying my cousins with Tajiri, okay? I destroyed all of them. Murdered them with Tajiri, my yeah. Okay. Tajiri, Jerry, Eddie Guerrero, Benoit, and Kurt were my favorite people to play. But it, by far, I'm untouchable with Tajiri on SmackDown. On, on, not SmackDown. Um, Here Comes the Pain. Man, I'm a monster on that game. I'm a monster. <laughs> like it, I think that is literally the most complete wrestling game. Because you can do so much in that game. It's, like, it's not animation-based. The arcade style. But it's like perfected. Like in that game, it's like I think it's literally the pace is perfected. 
Yeah, I know, like, they don't really sell in that game because it's an arcade, but, dude, the moves look brutal. And you see the moves now in, like, 2K, and they're more much more realistic, but, like, dude, it's, like, a different feel, man, when you play those games and you... And Tajiri hits the mist and then he kicks you in the face and <laughs> yeah, like six times. Yeah. I think the closest fun I've had to a modern wrestling game was WWE All Stars. That was probably <laughs> the, the, yeah, that was a good game, man. That was a good yeah, game. Dude, so many people hate on that game because it's an arcade style wrestling game, and it's like that's the point. Like, it's what were you? So fun. It's so fun. Yeah. The finishers, they looked super cool. The finishers were crazy. Um, the storylines were cool because they had like I'm, voice actors and stuff. And their I was a big fan of the Undertaker storyline in Path to Champions. I like the, the DX one. Was DX one was cool. I like that one. The DX one was funny because um, they were, I think they said something like, you're playing us in a video game. And Sean was like, well, there goes the fourth wall. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah, something like that. Copy of the game. Yeah. So I, I, my, favorite, my favorite wrestling game is because, like, usually I say 07, but I suck at 07 gameplay wise. Two thousand uh, 2011 was really good. 2008 was really good. 2011 was my favorite. 09 was okay. I hated, I hated 2010, but 11 was really good. Oh. I am a huge fan of 2010. Yeah. I, uh, I, was it better than 09, though? 09 was really well, good. It might. 2009 was the first game that there was no... Sorry to cut you off, Nick. But it was the first game with no GM mode, and I think people were really bitter about that. Yeah. One problem I have with SBO 2010, the gameplay itself is so good, and the Road to WrestleManias are really good. But mm. then, after that, like, what else do you have to do? Like, crappy, really crappy... Uh, career mode. Yeah, that's an 09. They replaced um, GM mode with that. What do you call it? Um, You know was uh, was really good, fun to play? Um, what was the one where... <laughs> was that uh, was that 11 or 2012? I don't know. Was that WWE 12? I don't, I don't remember. It was something where basically you can run around as Rey Mysterio in the back. You just run. Yeah, that's just your yeah, that's 11. That's 2011. Yeah, yeah. That game, yeah that, for the road, that, that game is my childhood, man. That game is so is my fucking childhood because like you could, I don't know, I don't know how what it was like, but I know there was this faction with the with the uh, European title, something with the European title. That's uh, Yeah, and then um, you guys remember Jacob Cass? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Austin Aries. Dude, I just played that game like a few months ago. Played that whole Road to WrestleMania a few months ago. That was so. That was Austin Aries. That's who played Jacob Cass. Yeah, he voiced him. Oh wow! That's he was cool. also in TNA at the time too. That was pretty weird. Hey man, I mean, yeah. Money. And then I remember, I remember it was the new NWO, and I don't know who turned on on Jacob Cass or whoever. It was Rey Mysterio. Rey yeah. Mysterio. Big yeah. heel, Ray. And he yeah. said, I just wanted to, because I, I wanted to be the WWE champion. Well, that didn't work out well for him, unfortunately. <laughs> he has the worst WWE title run of all time. Um, with a day. A one day. 
<laughs> not, not even I, I, a day. Two hours. Yeah, two hours. I remember watching a shoot interview, and they asked him about that. And, of course, Rey Mysterio being Rey Mysterio, businessman, and will do what he needs to do. He's like, I didn't really have a problem with it. You know? So I feel like Rey Mysterio will always stay face no matter what, man. He has nothing. Oh, yeah. Back. Him as a heel to me will never work. But it would be interesting. Wasn't he a heel for a little bit in the WCW? Yeah, like and he the- unmasked. Well, yeah, when he was unmasked and he was under, uh, what the freak was it called? Um, filthy Animals. Yeah, the Filthy Animals. And then they had Sar- Sergeant Huge Erection and shit like that. Oh, that was, no, Huge Erection was, uh, oh God, what were they called? It wasn't the Filthy Animals, something else. Can't remember what they were called though. I don't remember what they were called, but I know he they was part. We had a faction war going on for a little bit. It was like whatever the hell that uh, stable of like really young guys was, and the filthy animals, the, and the new blood. What do you call it? The new yeah. blood. And then you had the millionaires club. Yeah, which is weird. You know what was weird about that is that they built up the young guys to be like, oh, we're, we're restarting everything. We're restarting WCW. This is going to be a new generation. And then the new guys were the heels and the millionaires club were the baby faces. And I was so confused. You would just put these guys over as it's going to be a new, like that's a positive thing. That if the that isn't the most- going to have a chance and then fucking flare is face. Like what the fuck? <laughs> Come on, dude. If that isn't, if that isn't the most WCW thing, like, ever, I don't know what it is. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, so, this podcast, we've been talking about, talking a lot about uh, the style of wrestling that you like, Rob. So, let me ask, this is another pretty generic question, but uh, what's your favorite match of all time? Man. That's really, that's really hard. That's, oh man. I, I feel like everyone, I feel like for everyone, it's either like super easy, like straight, come straight to their head, or it takes them like a few minutes. Yeah, man. I feel like for me, it takes a few minutes, but. To me, I could, like, I could think right off the top of my head. What, what's yours? Uh, DIY versus The Revival from NXT TakeOver Toronto. Oh, wow. So that's fairly recent, yeah. yeah. Um, of all time period, I might want to say, I might want to say it's, it's, may, okay, I'm, 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 this is one of them. I don't know if it is my favorite, but I, I don't know if I can pick a favorite, but one of them is Nigel McGuinness versus Brian Danielson at in the UK Unified 2006 with a ROH Pure title on the line and the world titles on the line. Yeah. And Danielson elbows, elbows Nigel till he passes out. One of my oh. favorite moments. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, that made me, that match made me cry. That's why I remember because that I wanted Nigel to win so bad. And I was like, man, that's what wrestling can do to people. Like that's how passionate you can make wrestling fans, and I'm like, man, but I could do that, man. I I don't know what else I'd do. Like, that's what I want. If I can make a, if I can make 
people boo me, people cheer me, people cry, people laugh, whatever the case may be. That's my goal. And they stay in wrestling if, if they react or doing something right. So, you know, like, that's my goal, man. Um, but another another favorite match of mine of ever. Um, hmm. Uh, I want to say Angle versus Shawn Michaels at Mania. That was so good. That was I've so never good. watched that match for some reason. Yeah, I watched the match a couple years ago. I really liked it. Angle versus yeah, that was that was crazy good. That match was insane. There's actually most of my favorites are Kurt Angle matches. They're so good. Kurt oh, is yeah. so amazing. Oh, um, uh, um. Oh, wow. How did I forget about this? Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero in their final two out of three falls match. That was one of my favorite matches ever. That like That's a that's a pinnacle of wrestling right there. There's so many matches. Eddie Eddie and Ray at Halloween Havoc. So many matches, man. I, I, I couldn't pick one, but those are a couple of my favorites. I recently rewatched Eddie and Ray from Halloween Havoc and just... Dude. The, the way that match can hold up today, like that match still blow, put that match on any sh- wrestling show to this day and it'll still blow every other match out of the water. Exactly, dude. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, how, that how ma- are they doing that? <laughs> that match it, is still ahead of its time. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, you know, in today's standards, not doing anything too crazy, but at the same time, the way they're doing it with the conviction, with like, the snappiness, the the aggression, you know, everybody, I feel like a lot of people in wrestling now are, you know, they're very go, go with the flow, you know, they're not going for the kill. So like when you watch Eddie and Ray go at it, they're trying to kill each other. They're trying to kill each other, man. That's why I loved like watching, uh, 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 Finley and Regal go at it and kill each other or, or, uh, Finley and Benoit, Benoit and Regal, and all those matches, because you knew there was like an aura around those matches. We're like, oh shoot, we're gonna see something. I don't know who's gonna win, but we're gonna see something, you know. And that, those are the matches I enjoyed the most. Um, man, I'm trying to think of at least one more. But oh, Angle and Ray, SummerSlam. Yeah, SummerSlam. That yeah, was, I watched that I match. Watched I really that liked match. that match. Um, I just watched that match for the first time like a month ago. It's pretty good. Dude, really good, actually. Really good match. Very, very like, good. Especially for the time. Like, yeah. Dude. They had a Angle. damn good match in 10 minutes. Rob, would you say that um, SummerSlam 2002 is the best SummerSlam of all time? Close to it. If I, if I had to pick my favorite SummerSlam, it would be 2002. I and it was so good. Like there was, off the top of my head, one match I didn't like, and it was Undertaker and Test because it was like three minutes. Yeah. But um, I, what was matching the night on that show? I. Sean and Hunt. Uh, yeah. I really liked Sean and Sean and Triple H. Oh yeah. Well, I really liked Benoit and RVD. Um, that was good too. That was good too. Edge and Eddie was really good. Edge and Eddie was good. Oh, was I like their ladder match? Their ladder match was very good too. The ladder match they had. Um, wasn't it a no DQ match? I think so. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think yeah yeah I watched that match. It was a no DQ match. Yeah, they 
threw a couple of ladder spots in there. That's why every every time someone thinks of that match, they think it, it was a ladder match because they like the most iconic spot from the match like involves a ladder. Yeah. But every time someone thinks of it, they think it was a ladder match. It's a no DQ match, but they ended up using ladders in them. Um, what's another good match? I like. Uh, you know, what was really good. I'm trying to think. There was uh, shoot. Uh, I know a lot of people, especially now, are kind of iffy on this match, but I think it's still a classic. Owen versus Brett. That was really good. Owen versus Brett. Any ten? Yeah. The best technical wrestling match I've ever seen in my life. So good. Such a good match. And Owen's heel work in that match? Oh, my God. So He could have been champ for years. Like, he could have been champ for years. Owen was that good. God, like, he just wanted to smack him. He's such a good heel. Yeah, man. Owen was crazy. Um, I know a lot of people... Especially a lot of my homies are like, what? What's what's cool about Bret Hart? There's nothing cool about Bret Hart. I think, I, and I respect that, but I think the thing about Bret Hart was what's kind of similar with Okada. He is so good through his simplicity that it's scary. Oh my God, that's he doesn't do anything crazy. If you really look, the craziest thing that Okada does is a spinning tombstone. That's it. <laughs> Craziest thing Bret Hart does is a suicide dive. Yeah, and like, how often does he pull that off? His real finisher isn't the sharpshooter. It's a fucking. He does some type of roll up. He literally yeah. does. He he the the Davy Boy roll up. Yeah, the Davy Boy. That that's his real finish. He won yeah. with that every show. If I, I was just thinking about this earlier. Actually, like if I wanted to study, like how to like just make. Every, if I was a wrestler and I wanted to study someone, like if I wanted to make my moves, everything I do look real, I would study Bret Hart. Man, Bret, Bret was great. And I know a lot of people don't like Bret, but Bret was great. And, uh, hmm. You know, was a, a, I liked, uh, that was a good match. Um, it didn't involve, uh, Shawn Michaels versus Mankind. Oh, Michaels. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good match too. That's a really good match. I like that match a lot. And that everyone was... says everyone says if that match didn't end in a DQ, it would be known as one of the greatest matches of all time. Yeah, dude. I'm thinking Drew, of Drew, I don't think I've ever asked you this. What's your favorite match of all time? Uh my usual answer is the Mania Triple Threat. Um Benoit, Triple H and Michaels, but I I've started to think about it a lot more. Uh, Angle and Benoit is up there. Which, Which one? one? Uh, the Royal Rumble, Rumble or yeah, I, I need to watch all their matches. Their ultimate submission match is really good. Their ultimate, uh, ultimate submission match. They had um the one at Royal Rumble, which is my favorite one, but the one at WrestleMania was really good one, really good one too. I'm, I'm thinking of other stuff that I really liked. Um. I think I, I, dude. Honestly, Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate at NXT Takeover, dude. That oh was, yeah, that, that was ridiculous. That that changed. That that was a game changing match, like career, like industry changing match. What they did, and it's also, like, um, Sami Zayn versus um, uh, Kevin Owens, Adrian Neville. 
Danger oh, no- yeah. When he won the title and 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 Kevin Owens turned heel, that match. Oh that yeah. Match, man. I, th- I think another one of my favorites is um. See, as a kid, I've watched this back, but it's definitely for the moment. It's not one of my favorite matches, but it's one of my favorite moments. Um, WrestleMania 20, when The Undertaker came back. That's one of my favorite moments, just because yeah. goosebumps still. Uh, and then I, you start thinking about that he didn't want to be the dead man full-time anymore. And then he comes back to that. Like, come on, dude. Like, it's, it's just a... In my opinion, a great moment. The match was, I guess, all right. I don't remember a lot from it. Uh, what other things did I like? Yeah, uh, Mania Triple Threat and um, Royal Rumble of Three, Angle Benoit. Those are my answers. I was thinking of a Roddy match. Uh, I'll throw in one. Um, Roderick Strong versus Jay Lethal. Death Before Dishonor 2015. I have a watch up when I need to. Um, I it liked- went to a 60-minute uh, time limit draw. You know what's also one of my favorite matches of all time, man? Hero versus Brian in Brian's last PWG match. You guys remember that? There was one him versus... So it was him. It was his final ever PWG match. Chris Hero was champion. And they went one hour. And Brian left with the PWG title. Like, as champion. He, he left the company. Um... Uh, but yeah, that was awesome. Uh, um, you know, what was really good. Um, a really good PWG match that I liked a lot was uh, Roderick Strong versus uh, Zack Saber Jr. I've heard their stuff is really good. I haven't watched it. I should, but yeah, I've seen Roddy's stuff as PWG champion. It's some of his probably the from what I've heard, it's probably his best stuff on the indies. Yeah, but uh, I don't. The most things that the best, most I've seen from Variety is in WWE, of course, because he's to a certain extent he's mainstream now. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I think that's. You know, we've had we've we've had you here, Rob, for like four hours. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, uh, man. This was a great conversation, and Nick, you could chime in after this. We we just talked about wrestling. We. Talked about your your career so far. Uh, we just talked about wrestling in general. I think this is definitely one of my favorite conversations of wrestling I've ever had. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys. Because I, I told you, um, Drew, I was like, dude, as long as you guys, ho- however long you guys need me, I'm down to talk, you know. Yeah. It's fun. Um, and, hey, maybe we could do this again on a return podcast somewhere. I, oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I gotta tell you my dark boy stories, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like um, I'm excited. Hopefully, in like a couple months' time, you know, I we I can come back. I'm definitely excited for my match with Violence Forever um, next week. That's gonna be fun, and uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for what holds for me. But um, bro, miscellaneous adventures, man. You guys are awesome, legit. I love you guys so much. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm discussions, man. And look, look I'm, I don't know. I know um, everybody was is probably going to be asking, well, "What's this? This is my dog Milo. It's very nervous, so I had to keep him with me." <laughs> of course. Yeah, Rob, I'm very appreciative of this 
conversation. This is probably the best conversation I've ever had, like with a fellow wrestling fan. Like this is the first time I've ever had uh, the opportunity to have a full length conversation with a real professional wrestler, and it's just been amazing. You're a really great guy. Uh, Appreciate you guys. I, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't seen uh, any of your stuff outside of the Calvin Tankman match yet, but uh, I'm really gonna have to. Uh, and I really hope to see you uh, on a mainstream uh, stage here soon. Appreciate it, man. I, I, I'm working hard. Um, another place you can find me is I'm going to be uh, doing a going to Paradigm Pro. Yeah, this um yeah. this Friday. Um, yeah, I will be this Friday. Um, it's not going to be live. It's going to be taped, but it's going to come out very soon after that. And I have a lot of good matches, shoot style. Um, it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hark it back to my old uh, amateur wrestling days. So it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. It's gonna be cool. You can also find Rob, uh, no, with No Peace Underground. I don't yeah. know if he goes. I don't know if you there every month, but but almost every bi monthly. I'm almost there. I should be. Um, I'm waiting on confirmation, but I'm probably gonna be there on their December 12th show. It's gonna be really, really fun. Uh, man, I, dude, no piece is killing it. They're actually, as we speak, um, Jamie Cynical's show is happening right now, so I'm uh, missing that. But <laughs> love you, Jamie. She she messaged me the other day and it was like, I'm proud of you. I'm like, for what? I haven't done anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys so much, man. I had a I had a really good time. Yeah, we had a great time as well. But um, so we usually go in the podcast with where we can find where they can find us but our link will be in the description below but so will yours but where can they find you Rob on social um, media well I'm working on getting my Twitter back for some reason it was suspended oh that's right yeah, um, I got my Twitter suspended for the dumbest reason I'm working on getting it back but when I do I will announce that but I'm mainly on Instagram that's my basically the biggest place I am it's at death to martyr and uh yeah i'm excited man because uh i have a lot of cool stuff coming out but yeah instagram is my main place you can also find me on facebook but i'm barely on there so yeah man well uh drew can we get our shit in we are um <laughs> you can find me at at vanilla underscore midget for real vanilla midget rob you like that name yeah, dude, when I first saw that, I was like, Drew, what are you doing? <laughs> what is you don't even understand how much time I put in into convincing Drew to get an Instagram. It took me months and months and months to convince him. And then I wake up randomly one morning, and he's like, oh, I got an Instagram now. I'm like, finally! Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you can also find my figure account, if you're interested in that. At Little Boots Guy Productions. And Nick, where can they find you? We can follow me on Instagram at Gargano underscore is underscore God. I post mainly figure, uh, wrestling figure related content as well as a few uh, normal wrestling posts every once in a while. Uh, I usually post uh, my opinions on stuff on my Instagram story if you're interested in that. But, uh, yeah, I'm at 
I'm trying to hit uh, 500 followers by the end of the year. I'm at about uh, 475, I believe. So um, only 25 followers away from my goal. So if you're not following me, uh, please do that. I would really appreciate that. Link in the description. Yeah, the link is. Yeah, Rob. Rob, you follow him too. Yeah. Join the and, cause. Oh. Hey, join the cause. Hey, but uh, hey, I, I had a lot of fun. Hopefully, you chop this up in clips. Because I am going to send this to everybody because this is going to be really funny. Yes. Uh, but yes. We're getting somewhere. We're but, getting uh, somewhere. So you can find us on Instagram at Miscellaneous Discussions. And you can, and Sam, I always forget the Twitter because I'm not on Twitter. Drew's um, always got to throw the Twitter over to me because he can never remember. It's M-I-S-C Discussions. That's M-I-S-C Discussions. On uh, Instagram, or not Instagram, on Twitter, I mean. On Twitter.com. But yeah, miscellaneous <laughs> discussions. Um, this this was fun, guys. Thank you so much, for real. Appreciate no, it. Thank you. Hey, thank, thank you for coming on here. Pleasure was all up. Peace out. See you, Rob.